Okay, okay, we're going to get to the podcast in just one minute. But imagine I gave you the opportunity to invest in Microsoft, in Apple, in Tesla at its infancy. And now you made all this profit and it would be unbelievable. You'd be so thankful and so grateful. I believe that that day is today for Torch. Because for the next 36 hours, every donation you contribute at givetorch.net is doubled by our generous matchers, and you can come in at the ground floor. Yes, last year, over 1 million people enjoyed our podcasts. You as well, I hope. And I believe we can get to 10 million this year, but we need your help. It's only one day a year that we ask. We need your contribution. We need your partnership. We love your partnership and your friendship. Please contribute at givetorch.net, givetorch.net. Every dollar is matched. I apologize for taking your time. Thank you so much in advance for your support. Enjoy this episode. You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Rabbi Arya Wolby, and we are resuming the 48 Ways, Way Number 4. Way number one was with study. Way number two is with listening. Way number three is with speaking and articulating the things that we learn. And way number four is with understanding of the heart. Does knowing something mean that you live by it? We know all too frequently we have contradictions in the sense that we know that there are foods we shouldn't eat. We want to diet. We want to be healthy. And yet we eat them anyway. We know that there's a speed limit. We're not supposed to exceed the speed limit. And yet, uh, sadly, sometimes people do. We know that there are mitzvahs that we should perform. And we don't necessarily perform them or perform them appropriately. So how do we get to a point where we have our mind, which knows things, and our heart, that is the seat of action, to be on the same page? So the first thing we need to understand is the power of the heart is the heart, when you put something into your heart, you're putting it into action. We are all creatures of habit. And this is the trait of breaking habits. Way number four is about breaking habits. When you put things into your heart, you're preparing yourself to spring into action. Don't do things because you've always done it. Do it because you want to do it, because it means something to you, because you've made a decision to do it. Not because, well, that's why I, I, I've done it because my parents are, do, are doing this. Or I, I vote a certain way because my parents or my grandparents voted. I know why you do things. Not to do things out of habit or rote, but with intention. Do it with kavana. Kavana is with feeling, with connection. It makes a huge difference in how we operate when we do things with intention. Uh, when I was... Uh, about 20 years old, I went to visit Memphis, Tennessee on a summer program, and I met this family. I arrived on a Thursday, and their whole Shabbos table was set. And Friday afternoon, when I came back to the house, they were all sitting on the couch waiting for Shabbos, and this is three, four hours before Shabbat. And it was the most beautiful thing. You see, they were relatively new to Shabbat observance, and they were so excited about it. It meant so much to them. They couldn't wait for it. And I looked at myself. I said, I've been observant of Shabbat my entire life. 
and I've never once been that excited or prepared for Shabbat. And it was a big wake-up moment where I was a creature of habit. I was uh, observant by habit. That's the way I grew up. They were observant by meaning, by purpose. It really had a huge impact on me at that stage of my life and, and since then to not do things out of habit. You do a mitzvah, do it for the right reason. Connect to it. Get to a deeper, don't just be a robot. That's not what the Almighty wants from us. We see this many times in, in, in the halacha. The halacha, the Talmud will tell us, teach us this. God wants the intention. Meaning, I'll give you an example. If you're able to pray a lot, but not understand anything, or pray a little, but understand everything and, and feel it and, and connect with it, God wants you to do less with more intention than do more with less intention. Uttering words without feeling them are pointless. And they're meaningless. Right? You say, I love you to someone and you don't mean it. It's, it, 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 it's pointless. Be a real person. Stop and ask yourself, why am I doing this? You can know the truth if you look honestly into yourself. It, we know, we mentioned this in one of the previous ways. Ish kifi mehalolo. Look at what a person praises and you'll know who they are. You'll know what their values are. The mouth is the messenger of the heart. If someone values truth, if someone values kindness, if someone values goodness, then that's what they will praise. If someone has, God forbid, other values which are not good, then that's what they're going to be praising. Uh, look at what someone praises. Look what someone looks up to. And that's where you'll see who they are. Emotions are powerful forces of greatness, and we need to know them and we need to harness them. The contrast between the intellect, the, the mind, and the emotion, the heart, is the mind knows right, wrong, good, bad. The heart sometimes gets carried away and says, you know, I know this is the wrong thing, but, and we give all these reasons, which are emotional reasons that draw us away from doing the right thing. It's very important for a person, particularly, you know, if you have teenagers, uh, it's sometimes one of the, they know that something is right and or wrong, but it doesn't mean that they're going to do it or not do it uh, because they know it. And that's an exercise for a person to work their, our entire lives. This is a challenge. It doesn't get easier to combine the heart and mind to be in the same place. Our emotions are powerful forces of greatness. We have to know them and we have to harness them. Identify your problems. It's the beginning of solving them. Don't be afraid of finding out who you really are. You can't afford to wait too long to get to know yourself because you are the most fascinating person you will ever meet. And the sooner you get to know yourself, the sooner. And you know what? You may find things about yourself, about your character that aren't exactly exemplary and aren't uh, the perfect image that you want to be. But you know what? God gave it to you so that you can perfect it. God gave it to you so that you can fix it and bring it to bring this person to their completion, to their perfection. If you don't get it straight now, you're bound to make some big, bad mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes can mean spending our entire lives going down the wrong track. I've met an individual who was in his late 60s, and he, he was crying to me, telling me, where were you 40 years ago, 50 years ago? 
If I would have met you 40, 50 years ago, my life would have been different. I would have focused on different things. Instead of focusing on my career, on my livelihood, I would have focused on building a family, on on a f- future generations. And now what am I left with? I have a good career. I have a good job, but I don't have a family. And he was upset and sad. And it's 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 devastating to see someone like that. We have free will. We have to use that free will as a conscious tool for living better. The, the mind is so powerful because we can change our, our, the way we see life if we're able to connect our heart with that mind. We know, yeah, some people have troubles with their health. Some people have troubles with their, with their uh, career, with their children, with their spouse. But if our heart is, if our mind is determined to, we're going to overcome this and we put our heart with it, we're able to combine the two and be a tremendous force, but not to separate the two. And then we're pulled in all different directions. Many times parents live vicariously through their children and they force their kids to careers and lifestyles that they don't want. I met a friend who is a neurologist and he told me, he says, you don't, you don't have a clue. He says, I am miserable every single day. I hate my job. I hate my career. He'd prefer, he even said, I prefer working for the sanitation department in New York City than doing what I do. I said, but you're a doctor and you're helping people. He says, but this is not what I wanted to do. He says, this is what my parents wanted me to do. And that's, that's a really sad statement that someone whose parents wanted to be doctors weren't made their children, their child, particularly this child, be a doctor because they weren't. And he's miserable. So obviously, I'd recommend that he get the help he needs to find peace with his situation. But it's not a great place for a person to be living their life unhappy. If you know what you're about, you won't let others bother you. They won't let others control you. You won't let others take hold of your greatness. Uh, when you know, when you're, when you're firm with who you are, then you won't let other people um, take you down. If you're angry or upset, track it down. What's the root of this anger? What's the root of me being upset? And go to that root and, and fix it. If you're acting illogically, at least acknowledge it to yourself. Don't live with regret. This is a very important principle. We actually talked about this uh, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur time, the high holidays that regret has only one positive purpose. And the purpose of regret is only for us to improve our lives. But if we use regret to just feel bad about ourselves and knock ourselves down, it's not going to do us any good. Don't live with regret. Use it to propel you forward to be better. Now know your tools. You got to know yourself and you have to know what you're made of. If you gave an electrician the tools of a dentist and vice versa, they won't be able to do their job. Every person, every tradesman needs to have the right tools to do their job. Well, guess what? Your gifts and your traits that you have, nobody else has. And trying to be like someone else means you're trying to use their tools for you. And that doesn't work. Sometimes our emotion gets to us. We're like, I want to have a house like them. I want to have children like them. And I want to have a marriage like them. And I want guess what? That's not you. You have to know you and you have to be you. Some of the ways that we can we can get down to the bottom of this is asking ourselves, am I lazy? Why? Am I disorganized? Why? Do I get angry? When? 
do I ever get defensive about what? What makes me jealous? What makes me arrogant? Do I have trouble making decisions? Why? Do I lack self-discipline? Do I lack self-confidence? Why don't I take more initiative? These are very important questions, and we have to always remember that the key to sanity is letting truth in. We have to let the truth in. And the minute we let it in and we figure out what's going on here, then we, we're at peace with ourselves and we're able to propel ourselves forward in a successful way because at least we, we're in touch with who we are. And the minute we are in touch with who we are, we're able to go great places. So let's take this trait of understanding of the heart and really connect with our essence and combine our heart and mind to become one. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcast.com.